0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined in person by the one and only Michael Daniels. Hey, man. How's it going, Mike? How's your week going so far? We're off schedule, so...
1: Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we are a little off schedule, and uh, for a good reason, you're in town
0: mm-hmm, for like mm-hmm. a long
1: time, not just a visit.
0: A little over a week. Right. Um, you
1: finally sold your house. You've moved here now. You've got a house, <laughs> and apartment, you set not, up.
0: Not, not quite, not quite. As we talked about last week, um, the, the guys here put on... The Combine, Bloomington's uh, Tech Entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. Bloomington Conference. Uh, We talked with Captain Chris about that. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Um, So I came into town for that, and then uh, our good buddy Trotsky is throwing a Game of Thrones board game party this upcoming Sunday to celebrate the premiere of Season 8, the final season of HBO's Game of Thrones. We're going to play the... Game of Thrones, the board game. Are you in on that? Oh, yeah. totally in on that. Yeah. All right. Um, the, the the game is not balanced, so I'm prepared to end up with the Martells and just be bored all day. Yeah,
1: that's a good thing, I think, for that game. I, I'm in the same headspace you are. I'm like, I'm going to go have a good time that day and hang out with friends, but I am not expecting to play this
2: hard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll,
1: we will have our buddies Pete and Trotsky who will play it hard. Right. Probably no. I don't think Zon. Zon. I don't even know who else. Is I'm not sure team. who else is in. But but those two will play it hard to win, which is great. This is fun. Actually, no. I take it back. I think it's an eight-player. He's got the expansion.
0: The expansion with I assume Targaryens. I I don't even know. I have no idea.
1: But but it's eight players. So it yeah, it's m- called Mother of Dragons.
0: It might so. be kind of fun if I draw the Tyrells and I can just make it my mission to screw the Lannisters, mm. just like in the show. Right. Um. That might be kind of fun. But yeah. Otherwise. Yeah, it's going to be a whole afternoon, of, and and depending on how the <laughs> schedule goes, I brought the Game of Thrones Catan that we talked about a couple yeah, of weeks that, ago. That's very thematic. Actually. There's the what's the what's the Cosmic Encounter one called?
1: Oh, that's a fun Hand one. Hand of the
0: King. That one's a fun one. Yeah,
1: I would play that one multiple times.
0: We yeah. played that like at Halloween or something last year, right. so that was uh, that was fun. Have you um, have you been doing anything to prepare for the? upcoming final season well
1: you know all of the stuff that's out there right now there everyone is doing recaps like, yeah there's a plethora of recaps we there
0: we watched one a couple days ago uh pat came over and the Trotsky's and i and he he and i whatever um watch it's about an hour long i'll mm-hmm. put a link in the show notes it's pretty good um they leave out all of the characters who have become unnecessary but still cover all of the various betrayals and twists there's and turns. so many that's
1: that's one of the yeah. things that's a so what I'm doing is I'm actually watching season oh, five and six. I'm watching okay. through them. Okay, gotcha. Um, and because one through four is what we'd say fifty percent of those characters that don't matter. Anymore, yeah. Right. Yeah. That don't matter. I mean, all, the red wedding was this huge stunner that was all through the blogosphere forever. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. a word. Um, but now it's completely superfluous. The only thing that it matters was art for Arya. I mean, sure. it mattered. It mattered. Don't get yeah. Me wrong.
0: I mean, the the events that have transpired make the various characters who they've become like uh... who they
1: are and all the
0: things. So if if you haven't seen any of this, we're talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, we're going to sp- spoil stuff you that better... happened in the last eight years. So go uh, away. <laughs> I is that is that right? When did this show start? Like seven,
1: seven it's got to be seven years. I was just wondering about that because I've got these at least. We're seven down in years. we're down in my basement. Now, so I've got my four four things playing, and they're showing my form tvs and they're showing game of thrones uh, scenes and i was just thinking is this been going eight years is Daenerys actually aged eight years she does not look like she's aged if,
0: eight years if you that look that at happens. her from season one Amelia clark you look at her from season one and really now young like then,
1: cause she's still pretty young now i like think early 30s i
0: think yeah she's like early 30s and when they started you know she was early, 20. early 20s yeah uh first season was 2011 so this is eight years okay um yeah, yeah it's years. been like
1: she was like 23, maybe
0: like a significant portion. And I've said that about TV shows that run really long, like especially ones that have more episodes, like the characters become sort of part of your life, depending on how involved in the show you, you are. see them change. And you evolve, see them change. And, and um, the character of Sansa, right, went from this awful, selfish, petulant child to, you know, being an actual leader. Now, at this point, I still I'm, not even am so. indifferent about what happens to her, but. The, she became who she is because of those events in the first four.
1: I mean, five I, don't, I don't. I don't want to get off. I don't want to get off of Game of Thrones subject, but even in like Marvel movies, which you're watching, Tony Stark age yeah. in mm-hmm. ten years, you know, right? Something like that. You're seeing this actor literally get older, um, and it's different to watch. Not just him, but other ones, you know. And you see, and, and it makes you feel it's a wizened thing they always seem to start young and then now Mm -hmm. they're they're actually older i think of jamie lannister i can't think of that actor's name it's like he he seemed much younger in season one when you look at him he seems like a young guy he's early 30 something and now he's in his 40s he feels like a man his
0: hair's darker it's it's kind of similar to what they do with um with steve rogers in the mcu yeah steve that's a perfect thing yeah he gets you know he becomes a little you know all the characters. Tyrion, the same way he gets his... Tyrion's totally... Yeah. We watched in this recap, like, in the first couple of seasons, he's clean-shaven. And I'm yeah. like, oh, he he looks like a baby. Yeah. And, I mean, he's older, so the difference Season is not seven, he is a as weathered, extreme as the... As the kid. actor but yeah. has been weathered. Yeah. I mean, it's, some of that is, is makeup. Some of the scar. There's, like, yeah. the scar. But, like, the beard and everything, like, you see what this character's gone through. And he he didn't start from a rosy place. Like, he was already kind of damaged when it started right um
1: but even in real time like peter yeah. dinklage has changed right and looks more weathered actor person yeah right you yeah you change 10 years in your life right 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 uh, which is great it, you like that's the family part you mm-hmm. feel like i know these people and even if you hate them and they're terrible it's it's crazy aunt cindy you
0: know yeah and it's not um cindy, by the way if you're listening i'm sorry i didn't mean <laughs> <laughs> it's not um it's it's a show that spans a lot of time mm-hmm. right i mean in ways that almost seem ridiculous to the viewer especially in this last season we made a lot of jokes about catlin's teleporter um sure. because they're you know where like john's at the wall and then he's at dragonstone and then he's back at the wall and if you look at a map like there's hundreds of miles and they don't even with ships they're not moving that fast even flying on dragons did,
1: did that bother you Was there, did I, I, I know you can those small details can have a tendency to get it
0: it depends on how much you pay attention to it. I just looked at it and said, we're seeing things that are happening at different times. Yeah. Like, if he's there and he goes to another place and comes back, like, you're supposed to just know that it, it took weeks, weeks in between. and skip.
1: Which is a normal thing for most movies. Right. You just, they're in China now.
0: Like, nothing happens along the way. In season one, it takes almost the whole season, or at least a couple episodes, for them to get from Winterfell to King's Landing. Yeah. Um, but you know, if it
1: was a Steven Spielberg thing with Indiana Jones, you'd see the little playing of
0: do do do. Sure, yeah, there would be doo. a silhouette against the moon, <laughs> right? Of the drag of the uh, dragon going from there to Winterfell, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and we're there, you yeah. know. But they showed us that journey because along the way, you get, you know, the the death of one of the direwolves, right? Um, you get the reveal of what kind of person Joffrey really is before he does some truly horrendous things later in the season.
1: Are there any direwolves left?
0: Uh. Nymeria is still alive. Which is uh, Arya's, right? Okay. But but she's gone wild.
1: john's John's die. I, I'm in, I'm recapping season five now.
0: Did they kill Snow? Uh, no. Um, what's his wolf called?
1: I don't remember. I don't remember most of his. Did he die before the Battle of the Bastards?
0: Did he get killed when they killed him?
1: No, because he was there when he got resurrected. Because I'm still watching that. They had they focused a lot on him, staying in there with the guys that were protecting mm. John's body
0: right we
1: have the dire wolf, so I don't know when he dies or because I don't think of him now. I don't see John walking around with him or talking to
0: him. He might still be around It's
1: so funny because the dire wolves felt like such an important part of the story for a long time, and then' now just and they
0: are alive. early on, like you get a sense of like. Sansa is the first one to kind of betray the family mm-hmm. and she doesn't have her direwolf. Even though they get the direwolves at the beginning of the story, I think in the books they're you know, they all kind of watch the direwolves grow up mm-hmm. sort of quickly, or you know, time compressed. And you get the sense of like like she lost her anchor, mm-hmm. right? Um I don't think I think Grey Wolf is still alive.
1: Again, I don't know their names,
0: that's that's brands um brands. brands. Because Bran is a warg, he can or whatever, he can warg, it's both noun and verb, I don't really right. know. He can uh you know, mentally possess the dire wolf and run around and right. and do so stuff and see do stuff.
1: He, he does the ravens so He never actually
0: goes into the wolf. He goes into the wolf at one point. Okay. He goes into the wolf and he also goes into Hodor, like before the actual door scene. That's foreshadowed a little bit, but I think I know that's in the book. I don't remember how they portrayed that in the show.
1: I'm really surprised that they don't we're not really we're, more well aware of those wolves. Um they maybe in the book either? Is it not like did they not turn it up to be a big thing? They really felt when I first started watching the shows the wolves are gonna be a critical part.
0: I mean it's early, it's the beginning, it's one of the sort of unique and oftentimes frustrating things about this series is that at the very beginning of the story, uh, Martin sets up all this stuff. And then it like gets back burnered while we go full politics yeah. for a long time. Right.
1: And, and honestly, and the show
0: is the same way. You're right. like, Hey, you know, scene one zombies. Yeah. Like, and then nothing about the zombies for several seasons.
1: Right. You know, I, I think that, um, uh, that is, I, and I really don't want to spend any more time. And we've done this <laughs> as complained about Martin. Uh, but the, uh, that is the thing about his writing is that I, I've always been a long believer that he doesn't have a plan. He's not a Cylons. They don't, mm. he's not like them. He doesn't mm-hmm. actually have a plan. He enjoys this world, this character. He enjoys doing what he's doing. Sure. And as someone like that, who is also like myself, when you get to an end of a game or something you're doing, you're really enjoying, you don't kind of want it to end. So you do drag it out. You stop, right. you don't end the game. You don't end the, the writing of yeah. the book. You just like, because that's an ending to something that you just like doing because you like doing it. Um, so a lot of his threads that he does goes nowhere. That's okay yeah. because it's his world and his people and his characters.
0: Well, there's a, there's an aspect of like, like once you, once you create a work and put it out in public, I'm, I'm a believer that in a lot of ways it stops being yours. It
1: has to be a responsibility to
0: the person. That like, with. like it becomes the audiences to an extent. like, There's a, you know, there are levels of like privilege entitlement there that I'm, I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm not intending to imply, but um, yeah, there's a whole conversation about authors and, you know, are they a, are they an author who, you know, like for me, I'm a programmer. If I wrote a story, I would probably have a good outline, you know. It's like, this is going to happen, yeah, this is going to happen, I and agree. then fill in the stuff in between. Totally. That's how you're um, supposed a to A lot provide. of people write that way. Yeah. But I know that, like, um, I, don't I, think I read that. a little bit about uh, Stephen King and how he wrote uh, the Gunslinger series. And a lot of that was, you know, by inspiration, mm-hmm. is, I guess, a way to put it. It's like the story came to him and he wrote it down in this sort of, that sounds a little metaphysical, but it's just... You know, it's like you have a dream or you have an idea just pops into your head. And if you are that kind of writer, which I think to a certain degree Martin is, and so he's just kind of along for the ride with the story, it makes it really hard to keep a story going if yeah. all you have is some part of it and you haven't figured out or haven't realized what the next thing happens and I, and to I, and the character. I'm sure
1: characters. he has, as he's always said, and I do believe, is that He has general ideas. Sure. I think at the beginning, he wrote things like, I get an idea, Jon Snow will be this, or this character will be this. And I bet, I guarantee you, that first book writing was like, the wolves are going to be cool. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of petered out because there was other things that interested him, and then politics became an interesting thing. There are different things about this
0: story. ah, And again, I hope if you haven't watched or, or read Song of Ice and Fire or Game of Thrones that you're no longer listening. But like the Hodor thing, I kind of hope that he didn't plan from the beginning, yeah. because it's a really cruel ending to a character to like have that in mind from the beginning. Um, the stuff about John's origin, I feel like, was probably from the beginning that, because true, because right? he sets up Ned to be this. Uh, You're right. This super virtuous. Yeah. Paladin. Was that in the book?
1: Is that is that in the books? Did Martin write that, or is that a show? Well,
0: thing? it's the theory that everyone who's read the books and watched the show comes to. They're like, what could this be? Like who, who is John's, who, who are John's parents? Right. He hasn't put it to paper. And so that's why it was a big deal in the show where you're like, here's the reveal. We all knew this was the most likely theory. Like everything we know about Ned says he would not father a bastard. Right. But, and so he, and so John has to be our
1: fans and love things. Right. Right. They're fans, but,
0: it's all the clues, right? That's how most authors write. Like, they give you the clues. But
1: he's done a lot. He has a history of doing a lot of clues that lead you nowhere. That lead you nowhere. They That's true. They actually don't have it. That's thing, true. Right? Um, and, and now, who knows? He may do it because it's the thing. We don't know new territory with this new Yeah, world,
0: so I mean, that. we're past the books now, so the, the tone and the style of the writing has changed. But I have to think, you know, big reveals like that. He's still involved as a producer. Maybe, maybe, um, yeah. You know, he has to be in control of of some of that kind of stuff. Right.
1: Okay, so getting off of Martin, let's go back okay. to, to the actual game of thrones stuff. So I have been watching season 5. Uh I I going to do some a couple questions here okay. about the series in general. Uh who's your favorite character? All of them from all time.
0: Always Tyrion. Really? That's okay. easy.
1: Is it just because it's he's just what's what is about Tyrion that you like? So
0: he's much? he's funny, he has really good writing. It's an he's an interesting kind of um chaotic good. Mm -hmm. kind of character um maybe that's maybe that's the right that i always go back and forth on the alignment thing um it's like he's part of the family that everybody hates and that hate most everybody but he's also hated by them so like he's part of them and he works to help them but in ways that benefit him yeah um
1: but not so much later in season. I think later on he does become
0: the He he the becomes books. loyal to the thing in the books. I think they've just gotten as far as him meeting up with
1: Daenerys. As he killed his father? Yes. Okay. That, that that
0: was that much thing the with changing. the crossbow that's in the, the yeah. in the privy was in the book.
1: That's the changing that's that's his defining moment.
0: Yeah, and there's there's a scene that follows that right up where he meets with Jaime and there's the whole backstory of of him, you know, falling in love with this girl that his dad paid mm. and this ultimate betrayal when he was young. And he asks Jamie if he knew about it and he, you know, gives him a silent answer. That's the answer of right. yes. Right. And there's like one last chance for him for them to be reconciled and they're not. And of course, the TV show has moved beyond that moment, but that's. I mean, there's a whole journey he goes through that's not in the show where mm-hmm. he's part of, like, a traveling performing yeah, troupe. I've heard that he's a whole different thing. Like, that's... he meets another, um, they're called dwarves in the show, but I think little person maybe sure. is the correct, uh, term. And they, they have to, like, pantomime. They do a little bit of it with, um, Aria's story, okay. I think. They're, like, stage performers pretending to be the right. various characters. Right. Um...
1: He's done so much now that I'm watching some of these old seasons. Like, how, what he's gone through. with He was with Jorah Mormont that I'd totally forgotten. There's a whole thing with
0: him. Yeah, they go on a little side, and that's where they reveal the um, uh, the scale disease. That, yeah, that Mormont's Stone... another one of
1: those characters that I think they, that he had an th- idea with. It's like, mm. eh, Petered. yeah, it's done.
0: Um... I, I forget what they did with him in the book. I think it's similar. He
1: will definitely die this year. <laughs> I mean, there is no way that dude is not going to die.
0: I mean, we're to the end of the story where everyone, everyone who's left, you know, it's fair game. Like it's all fair the game all the everyone. ones that we've been like, but that dude is way over. You're coming. like you're like okay, Martin is not afraid to kill characters off, but there's too much buildup for Tyrion for him to be casually killed. Like him dying has got to be a big deal. Sure. Same deal with same thing with Cersei. Um, Sansa. Um, uh, I don't know. Jamie. Sansa,
1: Sansa could be very much a shock value. Oh, that just happened.
0: Very um, well, a- could be that. Arya. I mean, he's not afraid to invest a lot in a character to have still, them. You
1: keep saying he. He's not doing any of this.
0: Well, right. I. This is
1: all fan control at this point. The writers I mean, are fans who are different writers.
0: I hope. So I'm gonna. That's what I'm You're gonna say, i You're hoping he's control. I part. hope that Martin still has final say. Over people getting killed because I, it would be really weird if the show goes in one direction and he eventually finishes the book and it's completely different.
1: That's, that's, but he just said that. He just said that like, I think a month ago, there was a big thing him saying. like. Oh, really? Yeah. He said that the books, people will live who died and people will die who lived. Okay. He says, I will. And he says, because I think his thing was like, have hope for your favorite character because they may die in the show, but they may live in my Mm. book. And so he is totally diverging his own book from this movie, and he's holding on to that. So, I feel yeah. like he would be a terrible person to
0: hang out with. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah.
0: I, totally. I agree. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah. No, He, I think that it's going to be cool. I may actually... I've thought about going back and actually reading these books because they were very difficult for me to ever read. Sure. I tried the, the actual Game of Thrones, the first book, and it was, diff- it was difficult.
0: The the first season... But I may do this because I understand people. Yeah. The first season has a lot of dialogue straight out of the book. And I remember watching it and, and some of the scenes, some of the um, interactions, I was like, this, this writing, the, the way that they're talking feels really strange. And then at one point, I think I had nothing to read. And so I started listening to the first one again and then got burned out because i was like oh yeah i can't do this it's, it's so it's so word though. dense i did both like i listened but to one of them and then difficult. i think i was out of audible credits or something and so i did and we keep slipping on martin bashings
1: <laughs> which i don't wanna, i don't <laughs>
0: so so i did both reading and listening for the books but a lot of the dialogue it's dialogue that's fine if you if you read it um but delivered by actors some of it felt a little strange mm-hmm. um you know it's like Old, it's alternate world but also medieval so like how do you write what kind of English do you write and, they, in, and I'm
1: sure they just were like let's save and stick with what the source material right and, and later on as, it became more as the
0: show went on it it deviated more and more we always
1: say it's like they're not finding their footing on who they are that first season sure it. like, sure okay so uh, Tyrion I, I would say for me um, I mean there's such great characters I actually like Brienne of Tarth is so mm-hmm. you know what I'm gonna you're gonna know a trend here the people who are simple, who are straightforward and you, I think, I know the Hound. I know who he is. Mm-hmm. I like the Hound. He is who he is. He's never changed about who he is. Bran of Tarth has been that way. I like Jon Snow for the simple fact that he's always Jon Snow.
0: It would be easier to ask me what characters I don't like. Yeah, right. Because there, there is all, so many, right? All the characters in this series are so well written. Right. Um. I mean, I really liked Ned. I read the books, well, and yeah. so I knew he was going to get killed. But his like, you know, the the guy from the Night's Watch, you know, betrays and comes south and he, you know, executes him himself because the old ways like I love all that stuff. It's very Paladin. It's very right. Steve Rogers, right. uh, um, discoveries, Christopher Pike. straight those um,
1: straightforward guys that are. I, I,
0: I love that kind of stuff, but we spend a lot of time with Tyrion. So he's my favorite. He's. Would you call him complicated? He seems complicated, he complicated, but I don't. Of
1: course, no, he's very complicated. I think that when I come down to it, all those guys that I like still. I the uh, one guy that is not straightforward, and I shouldn't actually like, but I, probably is my favorite is Jamie Lannister. He's
0: uh, he's had a good redemption. Well, that's the probably. I don't thing. usually you know, like you, redemption arcs, right, but you know me though. This is right, <laughs> this
1: feels right up in my line. It's like I want a guy who comes out and becomes the the great guy that you know he truly is inside. And he was not. Season one, two, and three, well, until he got his arm chopped, hand chopped off, mm-hmm. did he finally become like, okay, this is a guy. And sure. every all of his scenes start getting fed into this, like, he'd go into battle, and it was like, we have to do this the right way. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean... You know, we can't slaughter these people, or we it, can't do whatever. It's
0: very common in storytelling for drastic change to be born out of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, and this they do it in this show in, all the time.
0: In Yeah, and in this... In this case, because there's so much combat, it's really easy for somebody to just, you know, for Tyrion to get a giant scar, you know, across his face, or for Jaime to get his hand cut off, um, for
1: or someone to die, and then their loved one is scarred forever. Right.
0: Anything, yeah. Um, or or for somebody close to someone to die, um, and so you see a lot of that. I, I mean, Braun.
1: Braun, I was going to say there's great. another one that's straightforward. Like Bron because he's straightforward. Um,
0: He's straightforward. He has funny writing. And he, barely, um, he
1: You want to say he barely changes, but does he, he's like become much more good guy.
0: Yeah. He, he, he gets some, I mean, he's the, he's a, he's a Han Solo character. He's Han Solo, right. He's he starts Han Solo out Solo straight mercenary and then becomes like, yeah, I'm with you guys now. Yeah. Um,
1: which is great. I think season six, one of the best things about season six is when finally the whole cast meets. And that is gotta be one of the, coolest parts of a whole series is when they're all finally together um and it starts off in such wonderful beautiful ways with like brawn mm-hmm. re- leading these people together and meets mm-hmm. Tyrion, and mm-hmm. they just start talking right and those two characters are like phenomenal right um and then he and everyone starts seeing people and mm-hmm. you see brand of Tarth meeting people you know and you're like she oh, meets
0: uh sand um the hound again yeah, yeah right
1: yeah uh, and then you even then you get reen yeah. There's just every scene in that those two like episodes or whatever are so good. Even the moment they let the hound walk up to the mountain.
0: Well, that's the piece, that's you know? the um, Bowl. Do you know about this? Yeah, when,
1: I don't know when it's going to happen, but it'll yeah. happen. I mean,
0: year. it's it's a it's an out there fan theory that people on Reddit were always bringing up, especially leading up to that episode. They're like, oh, all the all the actors are going to be together at King's Landing. Like this will be. The hound, you know, steps up to the mountain and throws down a gauntlet, and then the air horns go, and it's game ball <laughs> It's like the ultimate fight, and like a boxing happen. match I mean, or something. Yeah, of, you know, we're not I,
1: done, finished, brother. Or like that. Yeah.
0: It feels like it feels like a wishful fan theory, right. but, but uh, so
1: yeah, I, th- I think that that Jamie is is my favorite, and he could be my most hated person in the first two seasons. I think because because of me, maybe at my redemption arc between mm. him was followed along was that um, I really he was the most despicable person to me in the first one, as right. like the vile evil that we go go against. Mm-hmm. If there's a villain in the show, it's him and Cersei. And then she stuck with it, and got more powerful of evil, but he went on to this whole thing where I became my most hated character, too, probably mm-hmm. my most mm-hmm. favorite character. And he does, he's done, continues to do, still do terrible things, like he tries to kill Daenerys. You know? right. He still does. I mean, he's still sleeping with his sister. He's still mm-hmm. doing these terrible, not Cool things, but I still I think that he he, every scene, other scene he has is this like yeah guy that needs it to happen, and it does make him a complex character, right? Um, so some some characters, let's let's talk about what you think about the future here. So, give me two predicted killings. Don't make them easy. Don't don't make these. We all know that Jorah Mormont's going
0: to die, so so don't say that. Poor Jorah the Explorer.
1: Yeah, Jorah the Explorer. Um, He's, he's really hard to watch when you go back watch five and six. You're like poor guy what's even worse is that he goes with the other guy that's superfluous was Daenerys' boyfriend for a little while oh yeah that they he's recast jorah the whole time in,
0: in that um in that uh recap video that i'll put in the show notes um they call out a couple of the recap like they recast the hound they recast uh that yeah, dude that, that dude danny spends a whole season sleeping with yeah. um somebody else is recast and i'm like oh that that guy looks totally different from the first one.
1: Yeah, I didn't remember the, the hound being re- uh
0: not, not the hound. Um, the mountain.
1: The mountain. Oh, yes, uh, yes, right. Yeah.
0: Um, but that was easier
1: because he's like, yeah.
0: They slip it in an Aquaman joke for uh, Drogo. <laughs> um Drogo. Uh, okay, so let's see. Mm, yeah, there are a lot of easy ones. Um, I don't know... Like I would be okay with all three of the living stark children dying, but i <laughs> that's I feel, wishful thinking I feel not like actual, they're no, probably no. gonna and if if Tyrion, John or Danny die, I'm gonna be pretty disappointed, but happen. um that that feels like a like wishful thinking on my part um, you know what
1: uh Harry Hermione, and all live we can't have all things you're gonna have these other people die. Right, someone's gonna
0: die. I mean, did anybody die in those books? Yeah, it
1: was the we- one of the Weasley brothers,
0: one of the twins of the that there were two of. Two of. <laughs> like, does that count? <laughs> right, right, right. I don't know. I never got there big. were there were other people. I never not, got big so into much. Harry Potter. Um, but
1: that, I guess the comparison there was that, like Harry Potter, you expected people at this point when you're at book seven, you were like, they're gonna kill somebody off. Sure, it's very serious here. It's gonna happen, and they didn't. And I don't think that's gonna be happening here. They're gonna brutally murder main cast members.
0: Danny is yeah. up for grabs. John it's, is up for grabs. It's it's end of the show. Um, it
1: could even be Danny having a baby and then dying. I mean, it could be things. I
0: I think it's pretty certain at this point that Danny is barren because of the stuff that happened with the witch. Yes,
1: the incest. Anything can happen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Um, so, I think like maybe Brienne and the Hound. Those would be kind of tragic, but not die. not all that surprising.
1: Think, I, th- I would love to see the last Brienne and Torment walking yeah. off, and making a house. But yeah. that would be that's my happy ending mm-hmm. to the show. Mm-hmm. Everyone dies, and those two are on a little. I mean, hovel.
0: I've, I've been saying this since partway through last season, or back when we started doing this podcast. Um, like best case scenario, the ending to this is bittersweet. Just because it's over. Best case scenario. Um, yes, yes, it's, like, okay, sure. But like, it's almost certainly going to be maybe not disappointing, but like sad or tragic in H- some HBO's way. HBO's
1: trying to to take that away from you a little bit. They're trying to put prequels in and other Game of Thrones shows that they're going to expand. Sure. They're trying to take some of that bitter part out so mm-hmm. like oh there's no, there's nothing left but there's something well which i don't think it will i mean it'll be H- great
0: H- hbo doesn't want to slaughter their cash cow that's what that is that's, yeah like, sure they're yeah. running a whole streaming service for Game of Thrones. Uh, half again the price of netflix based on one show yeah, this
1: is like their black friday that's coming up right here everybody yeah. this week is re-upping they're yeah like, we're in the money <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. yeah so much money uh okay so i i, I think uh, who will die um i think john will. I mean, I, I do. I think that John. I'm gonna put that as the main the main character that will mm. die. I think he may sire a kid, and I honestly do believe that it may be with Danny.
0: Yeah, I think there has to be a legacy for the Targaryens. I
1: do think there will be something there. I honestly, because rewatching season five, I think it is or six. Um, when they're meeting, they make a whole thing. They they linger for long periods of time when John is talking about Danny being, and she says she's barren, and they make oh, right. a point about it, and they talk at length about it, and he says, are you sure? And she's very much questioning, well, I, I'm i sure, pretty much. And she does vi- very intentional, I'm kind of not really sure.
0: It's, um, I gave myself chills a little bit. <laughs> okay, go back to, I don't remember how much they emphasize this in the show, but you know the book right ned finds the book that and he's not talking about the targaryens he's talking about the baratheons and he's uh J- jon aaron okay right? right um jon aaron was ned's mentor and he gets killed in, uh, before the show starts mm-hmm. um because he figured out that um the king's three children um, joffrey tommen and Marcella are not robert baratheon's children because they're blonde and he's talking about genetics but it's a medieval world they don't know about genetics um and john aaron says the seed is strong because in the entire line of baratheons they all had black hair right and then these three are all blonde and who's blonde cersei and jamie lannister um and so that could be a thing really subtle to be like Danny spent a whole book in the books and a whole season in the season sleeping with this mercenary guy and nothing, nothing. But, of course, John is Blood of the Dragon. He's a Targaryen. Yeah, right. So you may be right.
1: Yeah, I I do. I, I was really amazed at the second time watching through that, how much that they were. Why would they at this point? I can get them get together and they're going to do King and Queen, but why would they spend we're going to pause why cersei runs off and throws her fit mm-hmm. and all we're going to spend a scene that takes 10 minutes talking about her being barren sure. with john who they've yeah. not had sex yet right and like
0: that's this last season something. when they meet but they're yeah telling
1: us yeah. something right what they, and and that's why that's why I'm like, I so i'm okay i think that that may happen uh Danny may take the the throne. John dies heroically in this fight somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh but but they've already had the baby type or she's already with child. She mm-hmm. takes the throne, becomes a leader, may die. Mm-hmm. But I think she may lead, and then the Targaryen legacy kinda comes on. So sure. I, I think Danny's pretty safe. Um I think the dragons will die. I think that will, Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think that will be mm-hmm. the it'll be the dragon. There will be no more dragons. Um I either side I don't think they're of course the the humans will win. Um yeah, uh, I. The worst part is I, I hate to see the saddest part for me won't be the main characters dying. It'll be the sub characters. All Bronn the cool dying. Bronn. Bronn dies. It'll be a hard time. To, to I
0: happen, mean, like, happen like happen I there. said, and they'll Brienne, kill these people Hound. earlier. They'll kill these earlier yeah, in the season, and that'll be like, oh
1: man. By the way, did you watch that? I watched the Maisie Williams, is that her name, and plays Arya. That hurt when she was on Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel. I did not. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about it. Uh, Okay, watch it.
0: You should have said something about it. I know I mentioned this at spoilers; recording. It's it's huge spoilers. Yeah, yeah.
1: But um, it's worth watching. Um, So good. So good. Um, Damn it, Dennis. You got to go watch that little clip. (laughs) It's like 10 minutes. Okay. So uh, she talks about the last season on G. Okay. And there's things that we got to talk about.
0: I've
2: heard
0: a little bit of stuff. No, it's not that. I've heard and read a little bit of just little pieces of um Marvel Marvel Stage 4 and mm, yeah. and Endgame a little bit because Brie Larson filmed Endgame before Captain Marvel. Oh.
1: Well, which was
0: had to be kind of weird for her, but right.
1: uh I, I try to avoid all spoilers with these two things with with, sure. with Marvel Avengers and with Game of Thrones. I don't want to hear them. Right. This is one that that accidentally slipped and I was like how can Everyone needed to watch this because this is a thing. Uh, right. Okay. So anyway, for not just Maisie Williams' face <laughs> for a thing. Okay. Is it,
0: is it like a uh I
1: can't tell you. I can't say any more no,
0: words. No, no, I mean is it like um Don Cheadle and uh I, again, Mark I Ruffalo? I can't say any words.
1: I'm not saying any words. Um, okay. Okay. So just 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 take sure, it sure. anyone else, search Maisie Williams and Jimmy Fallon. I'll put it in the show notes. And, and watch watch a thing. Uh and just they're going to be hearing this before. Sorry,
0: yeah, the so. new episode will be out before this okay, podcast. So, you, so
1: we're, I'm excited. Uh, I, I think that those people will die. Who do you think? Uh, okay, I already came out saying that I think Danny will live and have the iron. Mm-hmm. Who will end with the iron throne? And I mean, don't if, say the night king. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if Danny lives, it has to be her, right? Okay, so
1: you're saying she lives. Therefore,
0: I mean, I I agree with that with that prediction. It could be
1: Cersei. She's not going to go up there in the north and fight. Ever. She's going to live. I think Cersei will live unless it's a political killing.
0: Hmm. She either dies or, like, everyone around her dies and she ends up sad and alone.
1: At the end, she's sitting on the throne and everyone's dead. Or
0: or not even on the throne. Just, like, she has to go back and be Lady of... Shoot, what's uh, they, what's the Lannister hall called? Call, call, Casterly Rock.
1: Casterly Rock, yeah. You know, oh yeah, right. That would Unless be actually, that, that would be a satisfying down. ending. Is that she's sitting in Casterly Rock while by herself, like
0: all alone? Yeah. Um, I think so either yeah, either she or or Jamie are have to die. I think
1: if it. Oh yeah, Jamie's gone. He's done for sure. Well. Uh, I think that um, Martin would write the ending of the book as Cersei sitting on the game on the throne. And with no one else, and the the Walkers coming into the the throne room, that would be the end of the book. And just everybody, and just end everybody dies. And she's sitting there; she's all alone. She's got the game; yeah. she wins the game. One throne; she's the only one. No one's left in the world. And she held on to her little bitty political. Thing
0: maybe maybe a then. couple people like Bran and John. No, I would think that whoever he would like, ride, well, maybe Bran. like get the dragons and. Like one ship and like escape across the sea. I, no, I with Martin. The... <laughs> I think Martin would kill them all.
1: And the last scene would be like, "This is what you get for playing the Game of Thrones." And you know, the whole time.
0: Well, we've still got um, Gendry. Gendry
1: <laughs> is he still alive? Did he, he survive the Battle of the Bastards? I, I think
0: didn't somebody found him? Like he just went back to Fleabottom and uh, yeah, and was you know doing black stuff. I would stuff. not
1: be unhappy if he
0: i mean a he's a baratheon so he doesn't count for lineage anymore like he did that was his big thing he was one of robert's bastards so according to the i don't know how know. the rules
1: work there it's like because cersei's actually officially queen now is is john's
0: oh robert's because uh, the
1: targaryens you go back to the targaryens you're saying that danny has rights so therefore, yeah therefore gendry does i actually we would say Daenerys supersedes that.
0: I mean, that whole thing was always kind of amusing to me from the beginning. And that's an aspect of Ned's character. I'm like, Ned is, you know, fully committed to this, like, oh, well, Joffrey can't inherit the throne because he's not the legitimate heir. But, like, they're one generation away from a giant rebellion where they overthrew the legitimate king. And maybe that's part of it. Like, without a legitimate king, you have civil war. I mean, that was true in real life. Right. and it's true in this right. book world
1: kind of, it's super complex but but which makes it fun and interesting and cool and that's what honestly it's we we can complain about martin and all of his politics and crazy stuff but it's mm-hmm. why people like it because it's so much to talk about yeah i when mean i can sit and talk for we're not 35 minutes talking about <laughs> these cool intricate things that don't matter
0: yeah i mean yeah a scene of a dragon burning stuff is cool but you can't have a whole show about that it's boring right. Well, I, After while. I, I had
1: mentioned to you before the air, like Game of Thrones, if if it was made into a movie before this instead of a, t- a TV series, they would um, have made it the last season, last two seasons, and that's it, and condensed that, yeah, into a two-hour show through maybe three-hour show, and we we wouldn't have heard all this back in politics and all. This we would stuff. get, I and mean,
0: just like the we'd uh, get mentions of a word, just like the Dark Tower movie, like we would get a little like super abridged. Short version of the story, you know. You it, just
1: find out that Arya is a badass assassin sister, right? You know, and why? Just because
0: they know. just they drop all of the Starks except for Jon Snow. And, <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't even do, do stuff like
1: yeah. You're right. They would just drop all the Starks, but for Jon Snow, especially if they all die in the anyway.
0: So. Right. Right. Uh,
1: well, I, it's coming up Sunday. Uh, we are doing, like I said, we're at Game of Thrones Day. Mm-hmm. All of our friends, which is pretty exciting. Pretty it's gonna
0: fun. be gonna be a major segment on the podcast for. For a while, eight, seven eight weeks yeah, as long as it takes. Ga-
1: we, we apologize for the Star Trek people, but <laughs> we're in Star Trek. We apologize for the Game of Thrones people. Uh, yeah, that's that's something, and it's it's so neat. This falls back into the thing we've said many times on here that it's a it's doing HBO does not what Netflix does. And if it does, right. what CBS has drops it every week.
0: Every week, it's an event.
1: It's going to be an event.
0: People talk about it.
1: Yeah, um, which is funny. You know, I just thought of we. This is such an event we haven't talked about Discovery. Did you even watch it last I'm, week?
0: I'm I'm not caught up cuz I've been here in Bloomington. I yeah, have not been watching as much. I mean, yeah. You could have I could have. And
1: my point was is that like this is such a cool overriding thing that we've forgotten sure, about the other could have sure. cool things that are out there.
0: If if I were at home I probably would have watched discovery sure. by now. But here I'm like if we don't go out like we stay up playing games or talking whatever every night and by the time I go to bed I'm like I'm just going to bed like I'm Literally I, front porch I can't happening all I'm not going to be awake enough to watch an entire episode of uh Yeah of it's, discovery
1: it's so speaking of uh being awake and having to watch things because you have to mm-hmm. um, <laughs> let's go into our 2020 challenge
2: cool.
0: our challenge this week is the uh 1961 audrey Hepburn classic breakfast at tiffany's yeah so, i had the director's name in but i it's not in front so of me th- anymore. this
1: is a, this is a weird one um uh, it is a classic. People talk about it and like it for a lot of different reasons. Um, I've also heard people not like it for a lot of different reasons. Um,
0: I can understand oh, both of those perspectives. Yeah,
1: totally. There's totally reasons for everything in there. And I get that. Um, I will say, I'm going to come out of the front. I, I enjoyed this movie before. I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it now. I, I do. And for a lot of reasons. It it kind of fits into my, my thing. It has a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I guess. It's a weirdish kind of happy ending. It has a happy ending for yeah, sure. For sure. They kiss and there's the cat. Mm-hmm. The thing. They um, find the cat. Yeah, there's the cat. Uh but what an interesting, truly interesting character that I know people are like that. I know people like that.
0: Sure, life, sure. And I don't like not them. not to be well, whatever it's I tomorrow. whatever I say is gonna come from the mind of a straight white guy. <laughs> but not to be overly <laughs> sexist, but I mean I think many of us i know i've met a couple um have met people like this let's yes. say but in our case particularly women right. Right. Um, if
1: it was women i'm sure they know guys that are
0: like that sure too, sure just very you know um uh outgoing and we'll say somewhere between affectionate and friendly i guess flirty is the right word for that right right um but intensely uh What's the word? Afraid of being vulnerable, right? Okay. Um, sort of just runs from any kind of commitment, any kind yeah. of uh, it is very like run surface level. run from commitment is a cliche thing people say about men, or they used to in the nineties. Right. Um,
1: but this is a nineteen sixty one movie, and they're exploring a female who is just, doing this,
0: just afraid to be tied down in any way. Just very free spirited in a way that ends up being, um like self not self-harming but like like own worst enemy kind of thing. Right. Um you
1: know, there's so many tropes and we we see Romeo and Juliet made in different ways and different stuff all the time sure. kind of stories. Why this one isn't something because this is a normal we like you just said everyone knows people like mm-hmm, this. This mm-hmm. is people who are surface level people because they're too afraid to commit and to hit that thing because whatever in the past. Yeah. We don't see this story enough. I'm surprised with different angles on it all the time
0: i mean i get i get it it because it's incredibly frustrating like you said Mm -hmm. a a lot of people like this character like this story but for most of the movie um it's like difficult it it only works because she's so lovely and charming yeah right yeah and you you see that record saying that for her as an actress right she yeah
1: like my most beautiful woman she's one of the ones that's like on my top five <laughs> sure, of all sure crushes and
0: and i have not seen all of her films but i've seen i've seen this i've seen roman holiday my fair lady um later in her career she did a robin hood movie with sean connery that was super depressing right. um funny face i've seen a lot of them well this is the
1: one for me roman that, that holiday did it. and it's just because she is like you said she's so extroverted and so charming and she's so. Sydney was watching part of this and Mm -hmm. and she was like, what is going on with this lady? She literally asked me that question. She's like, what is happening? She's, and then when her brother dies, she starts throwing a crazy fit. Sure. And Sydney's even more confused. She cannot get her hand. And I told her, I said, "She's a Fliberty gibbet. She's like, what does that mean? I was like, what do you think the word (laughs) flipperty gibbet means? And she's like, okay, like flighty crazy. Like yes, that's who this is. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And while her characters are not all the same, like the various characters Audrey Hepburn has played they're very similar Um, in the same way as I don't know maybe John Wayne there are some of those actors um, maybe uh, um, Morgan Freeman most of his career there are some actors that are celebrated for being amazing but they always do very similar roles Tom Cruise (laughs) and it just happens to be That the whatever their personality or like version of their personality they bring to a film works Mm -hmm. for the roles that they are given or choose, depending, you know, in the 60s, I'm sure, or given
1: those things, interesting traits in people, sure, sure.
0: And so, you can take this kind of like sometimes silly, sometimes you know, whatever kind of character that Audrey Hepburn usually played, and it worked in whatever role she was given, right? Um, and that's that's definitely true in this we movie. More that, so like, than I
1: like that person. They're really cool, and I could like eat them for breakfast every day. Sure. I mean, this is what this is, and now we have movies. Right. Of we get to see those people every day doing the things they're doing. Right. That's all this is. Right. Uh, so, so this one, you know what I find I found interesting about this. First off, I didn't know it was George Papad, which is Hannibal from 18, and I was like, wait, what? That's this. That is, is the, the same the guy. guy. Yeah, the Paul okay. is Hannibal from 18.
0: I've never seen 18.
1: Oh. Dude, I'm so sorry. Okay, do you so, remember... No, there's no reason it's not a great show, but I loved it as a right. kid,
0: right? Do you remember uh, the TV show The Waltons? I do The um, The original... Before this series started, they made a movie. It was a Christmas movie. And the actress, who is the other woman in Breakfast at Tiffany's... Yeah. Is, uh, plays the mom. Okay. In like The mom and the dad are different from the show. All the kids' actors... Are the same in the Walton's TV show, oh, okay. but the parents are different in the in the I, original I want you movie. to go
1: watch if you get an opportunity at some time in the next week or two to just watch a couple like there are three minute scenes with that actress when she comes in the in the scene and starts talking. She's Paul, mm-hmm. really um, and tell me that she doesn't remind you exactly of Kate Mulgrew, like the, of Captain Janeway. She sure, is like she has a. This is the
0: same. Oh my God,
1: this is the she, same actress. She
0: has too. a she has a kind of rough voice yeah uh, character that but she that, and she's uh, always like Kate Mulger has
1: kind of in charge and never mm-hmm, phased by mm-hmm. the things that could be like when he breaks up with her there's a moment of hesitation but she's but like, pretty much like I'm still in charge here and this is how this works and this is
0: a case I was a little apprehensive about this movie after we just watched Vertigo mm. and there are so many things well not so many things but there are a lot of things about this that are very different I mean oh, this is not a, a Hitchcock lot. film so could it's it? not like, yeah. not super weird there's no crazy twist Nope. Right. Like the closest you get to the twist is the reveal of her, um, former husband. Mm-hmm. That, um, was a, that was a twist. I it was, it was a, a little twist. bit of twist. That was when I, I watched this in like two she's married. Oh my gosh. I watched this in two sittings. And after that conversation between him and Paul was when I stopped it, I was like, this is a good point for me to stop and go to bed. Um,
1: Paul is such a crazy character. I don't want to think about him.
0: So a lot of these stories, and like she did a lot of movies with um, Cary Grant, or some other like equally age gap kind of character, like oh, we yeah, like yeah. we saw in Vertigo. Yeah, um, that was not the case here. They seemed fairly close in age. He was probably older than he her, but not her. not a lot older. I bet she
1: was early twenties at most in that movie. Mm. I bet you she was. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um. And so there's not as much of that. Um, the the dynamic of their relationship could have been really weird without his situation. Yeah, which right?
1: is kind of key to the way it did work. Their
0: their whole character development, like he can't really pass judgment on her, and she does pass judgment on him a little bit, but not too much yeah. because she figures out his situation almost right away. Right, and so they're they're immediately. Put on equal footing, yeah um right. you still get a lot of the weird sixty late fifties early because it's sixty one mm. um stuff like I don't want to dwell too too long on andy Rooney's uh yeah. super offensive yellow face character sure. um yeah. although this movie it was Mickey Rooney, what did I say andy. andy Rooney no that's a wrong Rooney right um This, there was a
1: lot of some of those things yeah happened in there, i mean
0: like... this movie was closer to pearl harbor than we are now from 9-11 yeah right, right. Yeah. like so okay i guess yeah like, well i mean since I you touched on that a little bit try, there's, try, there's try a not try not to judge it by today. That okay. like that's the obvious one from like when he starts talking i was like Oh my god, what is this? This is like when you go on YouTube and look at the band Disney Cartoons. Yeah. Right, where they're making fun of Hitler or whatever. All right. Um so that's a big one, but then like from the very first scene where they meet, she invites him into her place and he asks to use the phone and she's like, "Wander around talking, talk, talk," you know, and then like um
1: she's so good at talking. Man, that actress is she, so good. She just talks
0: and talks and then, you know, later in the day, she goes out on the fire escape and right into his apartment yeah. and like pours a drink and you know, they're smoking constantly. Movie,
1: I told, I said, this movie feels like a modern movie. I swear this could be done today. And it feels a little natural because someone comes in who's just too flirty and walks in into the thing. Yeah. And it's the normal stuff, but this is 1961 filmed in 1959. Probably.
0: probably, And,
1: and, and you're like, this woman is completely free. I guess i granted mm. it, they don't show her. She never has sex. Right. per se, You n- you never see anyone having he sex. He does. But you she never doesn't. see any
0: actual quote unquote nudity. But you kind of but know that she's a player. If if you're an adult and you understand adult things, yeah, you know that she is going around flirting with men for money, mm-hmm. but is not taking them home. Right. Right. They chase her home, and she you know yeah. shoves it, she's like, literally the tea leaves him she out the door 18s, right by definition and and that's how she's surviving financially
1: right which by yeah. the way here's the other thing you talked about the yellow face thing there's also so so much sexism it's like drooping of course like every guy she dates out with goes out with the very first dude is banging in the door and he's like i paid 50 dollars for dinner right he says don't i don't you owe me something and yeah. i'm like oh this is just painful that, i want to that
0: felt a little like i I don't know. I mean, it's a thing, you know, where I'm like, you can't really look at something old without being affected by yeah, your you modern have, you point have of view. To, you have to do the... I, I always try yeah. to take the effort to say, okay, this this is not brand new. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. whatever, 50 years old, um, six, almost 60 years old, mm, right. and go, uh, you know, The world was different. Hollywood was very different. Um, And and go that way. But like some of this feels so blatant. Like you know that in that situation where whatever $50 was in 1960, probably like 500 bucks. Like, okay, what does she need at the powder room? Like she needs enough money to tip somebody who's in there handing out towels. He's giving her more money than she needs. And she's not giving him change back. It's this kind of like teasing expectation but they're they're straight out saying it which i think is maybe a little bit of like just to make sure you know this is what this This is why this this is why this guy is acting this way yeah um and then you have paul's character who you never like you never see that other woman anything other than fully clothed yeah right but
1: she's leaving him money on the nightstand. But she
0: puts money on the nightstand. So if you if you know, again, if you're an adult and you know yeah. you understand what's happening. Like she's paying for his apartment or whatever so that she can have a dalliance right. and she's married. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah, and and so some it's important though to think about like we, we just you just said it was like, oh you understand and that is something the difference between you and I every week when we watch these older shows come to a head with is that you have that capability and me is the worst that I always look at this like <laughs> I'm enjoying this for today. Um, and this movie I can enjoy today. That's different than something else. Uh, there were those things that were clearly like, Oh, we just, made I'll, it. I'll admit it did not bother me. 90% of that. Movie. I'll admit
0: that for the first half hour, um, I did not, I thought you were going to not like this. I was okay. like, I can already hear the, the issues and the complaints. Um, and we talked about this before the show, but we're in a, era now where like this kind of stuff these like um I'll just say sexual implications uh-huh. are not implied anymore you right like they show them naked in we, bed and the, they, even they have they, a thing where they show them They naked. show them in bed we just talked for over half an hour about Game of Thrones the first season of Game of Thrones has scenes that are basically softcore pornography right. Sure. Right. um and I think Well, in in some ways, it's nice to um, have storytelling that's more honest and realistic. There's not so much of, like, trains going into tunnels or waves crashing on a beach. Right. Um, The way that this movie handled these topics in a way that, you know, could get this movie... I mean, they didn't have PG thirteen, but right. probably a PG rating if they were sure. doing ratings at this time, which I don't think they were yet. Um, but still, be very clear about everything that's happening right. off screen. There was no doubt. There's a certain they slept together that night. Yeah, yeah. There's a certain kind of like classiness about that and right. and artistry that right. we don't see that much of. Yeah, and it, and it these does days. make you
1: see the things in this Game of Thrones when when and I'm fine with all of it, but when you watch, see those hardcore, almost hardcore pornography things where they're showing everything mm-hmm. and you make, and you, we make reasons and justifications for it, all the things. But then we watch this kind of movie and you're like, they got the same feeling and the same thing that you should. Right. We got in the same scene with the hardcore and we didn't need it. Right. Right. It was just a I, no. A I check on the nightstand that
0: day. I, I never needed to see Audrey Hepburn topless to be attracted to her.
1: No. Right. Or, or, or to get that what was happening with her relationships and his relationships right. And, right. and stuff. Uh, but so, no, I when I watched this movie, I definitely felt that, yes, there's things that were in the past and it was older, but that never impeded me from liking it. And I think the reason uh beyond that that she's one of my favorite actresses, I think that uh, she delivers lines and it was always engaging mm-hmm. and I was always interested. And it was so confusing. The movie is not easy to follow the lines <laughs> was, because she goes everywhere. She is yeah. manic. And yeah. she goes, her mind is just this, you know her in person, which again, we know people like this, mm-hmm. is just insane to think about, right? Sure. To live in that world. Yeah. Um, but you're following it in every scene. Yeah. When I watched I mean, that scene, I was like, I, I gotta watch more. I, watch more I mean,
0: her. even if you can't relate to Paul's situation of being an author kept by this married woman kind of thing, you definitely have no problem whatsoever, like being fully immersed in this bewildering situation he's put in meeting this woman right. and and going along with all of her crazy and like you know she gets she has too much to drink and he helps her out and all kind like right. it all feels to to circle back to my um original comparison contrast with um vertigo aside from the weird cultural things from the 60s 50s and 60s um the character story all always felt real in ways that were sometimes frustrating but ultimately rewarding when you get to the end of the movie
1: yeah ultimately rewarding which i I buy and
0: so there's no there's no supernatural element Mm -hmm. there's no big crazy twist you just go through this story and it's it's not simple but it's down to earth yeah um
1: and, and maybe that's why I liked it so much is that there's identifiable parts in it. I mean, opening a little bit of vulnerability. And, on the show and for such like, a strange, I mean, crazy story, Paul it point, feels right? very real. Yeah. And, and you can identify and you want to do the things with like that Paul says, when Paul tells her the things that she is and the things that she mm-hmm. does, you identify with the fact that this guy's a thing. Uh, and you always, and he, he has a line. By the way, Paul is this weird character that he doesn't have. I'd like to see the line numbers. He doesn't talk as much as you think he talks. He doesn't say many things. No, She goes on for a long time, and he's just giving her things, handing her stuff. He is definitely a supporting character for her. Mm-hmm. And that's all this guy does. Um, every once in a while, he will speak up, and he will say things that make a lot of sense. And wh- he says uh, he's breaking up with his the, the lady mm-hmm. upstairs, and he's uh, Kate Mulgrew. Right, right. Uh, right. He's breaking up with Captain James. And he tells, and she's like, "You are in love, aren't you?" And he says, uh, "That's beside the point." He says something to the effect of, um, uh, "She's someone that needs my help, and I can give that to her." And right. I think, for once in my life, I'm happy about that. Mm. You know, and and that's when they become this thing, "Good for you" type thing. And he was, and he's totally on board with helping her and being there for her.
0: Something they don't really explore is his um, professional life. Like mm-hmm. he starts writing typing in the typewriter what we assume is her story Mm -hmm. and then later like right before he breaks it off with the other woman he gets a check right so he's sold he does like some of his some of his writing is did
1: you notice that they freeze framed on that check for like 30 seconds
0: so you can read it
1: yeah (laughs) how long do you need me to read this thing
0: um i appreciated how the um the mob thing was set up in what to me was a very obvious way maybe in 1961 it was not immediately out because they call back to it when she's at sing sing and she's like i'll bet it hasn't snowed in new orleans in 600 years you know or whatever and it's like yeah in case you missed it she's being used to to send messages mm-hmm. from this mob boss and then you know they use it later to break up her relationship with that italian guy or the south american guy
1: such a the, the show had so many innuendos that are completely obvious, but done tastefully. Mm-hmm. Classic is what you said. So this this movie definitely, I think, holds up. Yeah, I, I think you can definitely watch it and get a fr- almost feels like a fresh take on stuff. Feels very modern at times because they there's a woman and a man who are single and have these things, but they're I saw this they're friends.
0: I watched this once a, a long time ago, and I remember being kind of underwhelmed by it. Mm-hmm. I mean. And I don't think I don't think I've recently when you know, I listed all those Audrey Hepburn movies. It's been at least ten years ago that I watched most of those. But like they redid um Charade okay. in a movie called The Truth About Charlie. I think Tandy Newton was the lead. Okay. And maybe Walter Matthau? Walter Matthau played the same character in one version that Tim Robbins played in the other. Okay. Uh from you know, Andy Dufresne. Oh, yeah. I think it was Walter Matthau in the original, and he was younger, obviously.
1: Susan something,
0: right? something like that. Um, and it's a story about a woman whose husband dies, and they think she did it, but she's like, you know, crazy, you know, flibbertigibbet gibbet, for lack of a better right, word, yeah. through the whole movie in the new one. And I was like, this leading lady character is so frustrating why is why is she written like this and on on the dvd they had charade on the other side which is the original movie with audrey hepburn and Cary grant i think it's carrie grant and he's you know quite a few years older than her mm-hmm. and i think maybe um shoot what's his name uh boston guy um from ted
1: Oh, Mark Wahlberg.
0: Mark Wahlberg maybe is the is the man in the remake. But I watched the original with Audrey Hepburn and now it's like, oh, now I see why the character is like this because it's, like it's her, the way it's her, her character is. But I don't think when I saw Breakfast at Tiffany's originally that I had quite experienced enough of life to really appreciate the dynamics of these two characters. I agree with that. And yeah. so I understand from the other ones that I've seen where, you know, maybe there was more often an age gap between her and the and the leading man um i can understand why this is held up as like if you're gonna watch one audrey hepburn movie this is the one
1: sure i I can agree with that too and i I think uh you're right i mean i liked i liked this when i first time i watched it but i did watch it when maybe I was 35 it wasn't young Mm -hmm. right i it wasn't something that i watched a long time ago yeah um and i so I can't speak to that if I would have liked it before. I might not like shows silly shows that were all like Mother Goose. And,
0: I don't know that, that your one. average twenty-year-old male will really appreciate, appreciate this that. this but story. Until you
1: do get people where you know people like this, yeah. And actually, when you I, I mentioned that I know people that are surface-level this very sure. character, uh, but you also I think people who really know those people who become kind of friends with them, mm-hmm. you also do know that very much like. Audrey Hepburn's in this thing has a backstory. There's Mm -hmm. a reason why they're actually right. They can't have commitments or they, they have this tragedy, something in their life, tragedy or
0: trauma in their past, their past
1: that makes them this way. Mm -hmm. And so when you actually, it makes them her more sympathetic and makes the people that, you know, in real life, somewhat sympathetic which makes it even harder because you don't want to justify their behavior
0: i know that um this
1: ending was great because it felt like she's past that
0: yeah i know that you didn't uh you didn't finish this series yet but the king killer chronicles Mm -hmm. uh name of the wind Mm -hmm. has a character that's very like this the story is focused on and all told from the perspective of quote the protagonist but he's constantly running into this girl who is i mean doing the exact same thing like she's teasing men and getting them to pay her way okay. through stuff but We're always assuming
1: you like her like at first right you kind of have you
0: a... do kind of at first but the Kvothe is so infatuated with her and he's so cautious around her you know like a like a scared bird he's uh-huh. he's trying to you know keep from scaring her away that i've listened to the books a couple times and it's more frustrating every time i hear it partly because, because the, you know there are only the... two books the story's not concluded but her like fear and unwillingness to commit to any or receive any kind of affection from him gets more and more frustrating every time I, right. I listen to and it. But
1: you, well, you just mentioned that there's, there's only two of the three books. It's like, it's not I resolved. The Tiffany's and then it ends after she sleep, they sleep together and she's like, I don't care about you. Right. It'd be the same thing. You'd be hate her. You would never want to talk right. about her. And or even yeah. before then, when she's just this terrible kind of person. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I like that. I, I did like that show. I, You want to do the questions about like...
0: Yeah. So, um, break. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. If you skip through the spoilers. Uh, do you think this movie is a bucket list movie, a favorite movie, or a movie you can pass on?
1: Uh, I think you, you should watch it once. Yeah. I mean, you should watch it once. You don't need to watch this all over, I
0: agree. If, if you really like it, or if you meet somebody and you want to watch it with them, because there's a different kind of love story with a, right. a real cat most but you of you both have to watch it the the cat is an right. important character not as important as uh uh spoilers than captain marvel but um, <laughs> um it's not a cat
1: right i uh yes and um y- if you're going to watch it on a date type thing you have to be two people that will watch the movie like you have to listen to mm-hmm. her talk mm-hmm.
0: you
1: have to like not because she you could get you, bored from you her you can't be
0: on instagram swiping through people's pictures of yeah. babies with no. chalkboards watch the movie it is yeah. it is
1: romantic it mm-hmm. is a romantic mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. it could be a date movie if you as long as you both watch movies and you're like oh and then you hug afterwards because you're like i want to be like them or yeah, whatever yeah. it might be okay so what's next week we have our thing oh, up man. here
0: i have it in front I of have this, you know, i'll have it here in a second
1: front dot and go to the 2020 challenge. Yeah. In the top right hand corner. Uh,
0: up next, we've got jaws. Another classic. Ooh, geez. Not as classic as this. Wow. But, uh, jaws.
1: I was never a fan of jaws.
0: I think we're going to need a it's bigger been... podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: I, I, the reason I wasn't a big fan of jaws is I was a kid and
0: yeah. I'm maybe not, I wasn't
1: allowed to watch most of it or something.
0: Yeah. It's the ending is kind of violent in a, in a Batman the movie it's been a long Adam time. West kind so of way. This is going to be great to watch again. I'm not sure that I've seen the entire thing from start to finish. Yeah, that, like that's some the same of thing other, too. like I can't say uh, that
1: I know any of the beginning parts. I know them on yeah. the boat and the shark. Right. Uh, so this will be fun. This will be fun. I, mm-hmm. I am kind of looking. This is a great thing. That, um I could see this as a potential one that could change my mind from what I felt. Sure. sure. Hopefully, I hope. I hope. So. And the music's great. It's John Williams. So.
0: All right, we've got a little bit of time left. I wanted to talk about some of the board games we've gotten an opportunity to play since I've been in town. Oh, yeah. Um, and hopefully
1: only more. We've got a couple of days still left.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're going to play Game of Thrones, the board game. We'll be talking about that next week, probably. Um, we played a game Trotsky has called Campaign Trail.
1: What, what a team composition we had in that game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Completely yeah. random. Our This is not going to make sense to any of the listeners, but our two like super gamers were... Uh, one party.
1: Well, Pete and Pat. People know Pete and Pat. We, we they Pete, had him on the show and we talked about them a times.
0: Pete and Pat were the libertarians. Uh, right. uh, wait,
1: of, what was the name of the game? We didn't even say that. right Campaign now. trail. Campaign trail. And, and what do you do? What do you? What's general gist? This, how you play this
0: is the camp. Is the presidential campaign race?
1: Yeah, and and so at the end you, you win to be the president and vice president. Right. Then... And
0: and you're in, we played with the maximum number, which is three teams of two, president, vice president. Excuse me, president and vice president. Um Pete and Pat were the libertarians. And you're campaigning through and you're campaigning. the country. You and I were the Republicans, mm-hmm. which is accurate to real life. <laughs> That's right. I I lean a little center, but uh and of course, Pat Pat is a Republican. Pete is a Democrat. They were playing libertarians, which is amusing which to me.
1: And then we had Justin and Marcus, and our
0: friends Justin and Marcus, who I assume are Democrats, y- playing yeah, the Democrats. Right. right. Um, I've I mean, not, I've not way, talked too much politics with the, them because the, I avoid talking politics. This, like, but
1: those were randomly picked. We randomly picked eyes and yeah. Both fit the the,
0: thing, so. the the funny part of that story, which again, if you don't <laughs> know really any of our friends, is is not that funny. But but Pete said he said, "Oh, lol, we should do the teams. Me and Pete, Dennis and Mike, and Justin and Marcus. That would be hilarious." And right. and Pat and like everyone would hate it. And right. so we drew the tiles randomly and. Ended up with and that. Ended up exactly with that was, which was great. So this is which is,
1: ended up pretty great. Actually, it was fun it's, to do.
0: It's a politically themed game that's really not all that political. We have played political games yeah, I like think it wasn't a- Twilight Imperium, the Game of Thrones board game. Um, oh, this is even, a
1: Euro game. That's why this is not a game. It's not a Euro it, game, but it's it has nothing to do with the actual theme.
0: Right. The theme is just a layer on top of it, which was an interesting thing because I think it like raised the tension level between the people playing before yeah. we had even started. Like, sure. we, we never had to do any of, like, arguing, debating in there actuality. With,
1: there was also no issues on this board. That
0: it we, was just like you're going you're gonna to place your little cubes, which represent voters, mm-hmm. in the various states, and the states are worth varying points based on the electoral college. Mm-hmm. And then after a number of rounds, you do a debate. But which you don't. Fun. You don't argue. You yeah. have you have little tokens that represent the issues, and you play cards with those tokens on them, and they but you move
1: strategically picked based on numbers and things. Yeah, yeah. on this
0: three sided axis. So like, if somebody plays a card with gun control on it, you play one with gun control on, it and now it it's moved. Yeah, that little gun control really token wasn't like actually moves to the middle. Like, game, yeah, right? there's no, there's none of that at all. I mean, which
1: I loved. I loved that we. We all... At, all of our friends have very different... We have a variety of friends that we love. That
0: Wildly varying, totally varying political views. Totally varying. enriching to all of us. Sure.
1: But we also have some issues where we will debate, right? Yeah. And this was great to be able to play this game that was very themed, but we did not have
0: to... But even, it was not... Without quips every here and there. On sure. Stuff, it, it just made it entertaining and sometimes a little bit tense at the beginning, but mostly entertaining throughout. You're like, oh, you know, I think uh, Pete and Pat won the first debate... And their issues that they got the most points for were like gun control and environmental issues, right. which like libertarian party would not be hard on at all, right. um, which uh, you know was well, just, it was just amusing.
1: I tell you what, what was so the listeners out there who are listening wondering how this ends up. So what it could not have ended more of like a movie. Well, what you have is you had uh, the masterminds on one side of the table who everyone kinda dogpiled on mm-hmm. to, to, to to stop because of things. On the other hand, you had the couple, which is Marcus and Justin, mm-hmm. and actually were kind of bickering at the beginning, but then made their teammates together. They became great teammates sure. and they won the game. And then there is Dennis and Michael who were got drunk and wasted <laughs> halfway through the game and were just really just
0: Yeah. I yeah. don't I know we were
1: doing things the, and making decisions. The
0: Uh, going back to how the theme doesn't really matter the the, the amusing thing about the ending to me was that the democrats won the election because the vote was split between the republicans and the libertarians (laughs) which is which is the thing people in my life say anytime i consider voting for a third party they're like oh if you do that you're letting the democrats win win. i mean as i said the game mechanics, that didn't matter, didn't matter. It just ended up that way, which is very neat. Right. Which made
1: that game, honestly, all those things that we just talked about made that game so much fun. Yeah. And, and, and again, I was pretty inebriated at that point. <laughs> uh, but I I could still come to the fact that it was so much fun to play. It was a, a simple game.
0: Mm-hmm. As
1: our buddy Pete had mentioned, it's not always, like, completely strategic. There's so many random things that can come up with cards sure. that you get. that don't matter. It's not totally off-balancing random. Uh, but it's still fun and enjoyable, and not as deep as you. It has to be. No. Right? So uh, I loved it. I, I think that was great. I would play that one. I I know Trotsky has mentioned pulling that out when there's election nights and stuff. I think that's a good. <laughs> idea. I think that's a good election <laughs> to option.
0: take people's minds off the off the exit poll right. coverage. So
1: a game I want to talk about we played uh, was the Aeon's End Legacy. Eons End. Eons End. Aeon, I'm saying Aeon's End. Damn it.
0: It's spelled A E, which
1: Ae, Eons Lend. If it was just E-O-N, it'd be Eons end.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, we, we had this. E- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it works at the beginning of a word. In the middle of a word, like what most of us IT people pronounce daemon is just an old English spelling of demon.
1: But we still pronounce it daemons.
0: We pronounce it daemons, but we also, you know, can't decide between gif and GIF, So <laughs> yeah, that, tech, That's very true. Tech people's votes don't count. It's because <laughs> of the guy who invented the, the format. Pronounced it Jiff, and everybody else is like, "But graphics," and I'm like, "Yeah, that's now how abbreviations work."
1: Okay, so uh, this is this is a, a deck builder game. There this is a, a there, deck
0: there, building legacy uh, game. I've mentioned this on the show before yeah. because I was very excited about it when I kickstarted it. Yeah. Um, we were at the time super into deck builders and legacy yeah. games, and so I was like, "Deck building legacy yeah. game." And Aon is up. a deck
1: builder by itself. It is, right? A game it's, called in, it's, it's, it's
0: a standalone right. deck builder that I had not played. Um, but I saw this Kickstarter come across and I looked at some of the art and I looked at the, um, prices for the tiers and all of that stuff. And I thought, um, I'd been looking for legacy games to play with my family. Mm -hmm. We play a lot of deck builders and I'd picked up pandemic Mm -hmm. and I was like, when we get done with pandemic, it'll probably be pretty close to this game coming out. We're still in like May or June of pandemic. So (laughs) that's it. That's going to be a while.
1: This one could my review is small thing with this one. This, you could play with your family and you could finish it.
0: Yeah. It's not very long.
1: Yeah. But, but it's long enough. Yeah. And the, the reason it's almost not very, not only is it not very long, the games itself don't take terrible amounts of time. No, Nor I don't feel that you would have to remember so many rules. Pandemic, right. you got to remember a lot of like, stuff.
0: Like, oh yeah, we got to do this. We got to turn these. So yeah. this is a deck builder with a static market. I don't know if that's the right terminology for this, but it's like Dominion mm-hmm. or Trains or Tanto Core, yeah. where the cards that you can buy are in static piles. In this game, there are nine of them, and each of those nine piles are all the same card. I mean, no, each pile is all the same card, and there are nine piles. piles yes, yeah. So nine piles are different. At any given time you take your turn, the cards that are available for you to buy are always the same. Yeah. And so We're so
1: less random in this game. Yeah.
0: Unlike a game like Legendary or Ascension or Hero Realms or Star Realms, um, you don't have to wait until your turn to kind of plan out what you're gonna do. Yeah. Um I the, mean,
1: even your draw deck in this game have a new mechanic is that you know what's gonna happen.
0: Some two two things this game does that I've not seen before, but you know there's nothing new under the sun um turn order is random. uh we played with a full group of four, and so you have a turn order deck made up of six cards um, t- There are two cards for each pair of players
1: okay, that's totally new the difference. It's not like which everyone is kind has of, their own turn yeah
0: as i as I describe this what what happens is um there are two identical cards for. Michael and myself, when we were playing, they have character names on them, because this is a game where you name your character. Um, and so when one of those comes up, we decide who's going to take the turn. Yes. And then they get a token. So when the other one gets turned up, the other person goes. Right. So and we, there's
1: some strategy
0: there. Our other two players, Chris and Zahn had another pair of cards representing them, and then there were two for what they call the nemesis, which is the enemy, the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that turn order... Random turn order thing is something I've never seen. The other thing I haven't seen is there are specific rules for when you put cards in your discard pile. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anytime you buy a card or when you cast spells, which is a thing I don't want to get detailed into. But when you buy a card, it goes immediately on your discard. At the end of your turn, you discard all the cards you played. So unlike most deck building games where you play your entire hand, this is more like a trading card game where you play as many as you want but you can hold on to some. Right. So that happens and then when your draw pile is empty,
1: here's the big thing here.
0: Your discard pile gets flipped over and put on the put put back on the it other side. Not shuffled. It's not shuffled. The mm-hmm. only deck that's ever shuffled is the turn order deck.
1: That's the only random part of this game.
0: And we we only played the first scenario. But, um,
1: which is basically the tutorial scenario. It's
0: kind of a tutorial. Yeah. Like, you're faced with a. If if anybody's gonna buy this, this'll be. I wanna try to not spoil this, yeah, yeah. um, cause it's a legacy. But there are, there, you get assistance from allies because the enemy is a big, like, un unkillable thing. Right. It's basically the prologue, yeah. um, for the game. Um, and I don't know if it's this way through the entire legacy campaign, but. The deck of Nemesis cards are stacked. You don't shuffle those. Right. And then there's a deck of Assist cards, which are your allies that help you. That's not shuffled either.
1: They're not shuffled. That's, that's the next thing I think that's very unique to this game is that it's very crafted.
0: Yeah. It rem- monsters do
1: intentional things planned by the developers.
0: It reminded me of we've been playing Satisfactory. Mm-hmm. And unlike Factorio and various other procedurally generated games, this is more like it's like an MMO that's a sandbox because yeah. the map is fixed
1: they know exactly where the nodes and everything is and
0: so when when i play my game and then i log into your game and i see oh you built your stuff here and then you built like i mm-hmm. think the drop you do,
1: do things differently the initial
0: own. drop point is a has a little bit of variation in it because you drop you know you're like oh i built right next to where i dropped and i'm like this isn't where, where I, I dropped it. i dropped over there not yeah. very far and, you know, and, it's and this, within game, sight. this
1: game has that same kind of base. It has that, like the fact that uh, the the monster is planned, the turns are planned, but you are building your own deck. You're building your own stuff. You're kind of yeah. You know, it's
0: different elements. from most of the time. If you play Legendary or the um, uh, the Hero Realms Ruins of Thandar campaign or the Lord of the Rings Living Card Game, we oh, talked about that a lot. You get the random. You're like, oh, if I hadn't drawn the bear right mm-hmm. after the other bear. Like, I could have beaten this, but now I'm screwed. Yeah. Every time we pulled over a Nemesis card and it did something rough to us, I was like, this is how they designed it. Yeah. Like, this which, was planned which out. Which made me like it. changes it. Like the whole, yeah. and there's no random um, market. Yeah. Right? The cards, the nine well, different cards. Later. Well, sort of. Right? When you finish um, when you finish a, a scenario, a chapter, you get two new you get two new market piles, but you get four available, and you have to replace two of the ones you have. So that's where the legacy decision making comes yeah, in. Yeah,
1: but but they can't guarantee that that, that one of the first piles has made it through the whole end of the game. It could, or or none of them do. Like you could end up replacing all the gems that were in that first initial pile. Stack.
0: Well, the the ratio is fixed. Remember, like you you always need. This many spells, oh, yeah, this many relics. But it this may many not gems. be the
1: same gems. Like the same this gem card stack pile we could never replace. We'd like it from the very first game, the plus three sure. they can't plan that.
0: Right. Right. So so there's some I imagine there has to be more variations as we move forward. Sure. But um This is
1: exciting. I'm excited to see yeah. what they do differently.
0: We we didn't win because we made the false assumption that it was crafted hardcore. that the deck you build the cards you buy persist from game to game and they do not and so there were many times where we made
1: hey we should read the rules
0: card buy yeah i mean there were a lot of rules and it was late you guys had (laughs) had finished up your gloomhaven game before we started um we made some long-term type card buying decisions i was like well if i get this three ether mm-hmm. gem card i'll have it for the whole game and then we got to the Forever. end of the scenario and they're like shuffle all the things that aren't your starter cards back into their piles mm-hmm. and we're like
1: the game could have oh, totally changed that,
0: that was a big that was a big rule to miss right. well, but yeah
1: we, we we did a couple things that we yeah, i think if we would have played it again we'd know
0: what to yeah do, but. yeah and we were pretty close what, what even was it, for what making what that. Was interesting
1: is that we lost but this the chapter still ended and it was just a different thing that happened with it still
0: moves forward kind of like Pandemic, although in pandemic, you take another in a
1: game, game in a game like Gloomhaven. You, well, you play it again, yeah, or go somewhere else, right? Like, and this one is very much like, oh, there's your consequences, which makes it exciting to me. Is because like I wonder what I really do wonder what we have, and I kind of want to play it again <laughs> to see if win. What happens?
0: I know they sell a reset pack, so depending on how much we enjoy it, um and i
1: i'm excited for it. i i mean enough that we were like let's play a saturday let's do it again or, you
0: know. some something else they said about I hope this to play
1: multiple times by the way i don't want to just play once
0: yeah i got with the kickstarter i got some extras like dice and gems but i also got um some kind of expansion i think the way they did this is once you get through the campaign you now have a copy of the game that can be a, just a normal standalone game. Cool. So you're like building all of this up, and then it's just a game you can play like normal. That's interesting. Like, because
1: most legacy games are like, they say that.
0: And then it's done. You yeah, like, you put it in the closet or you maybe is definitely done. set up a, yeah. a funeral pyre. Yeah. and uh,
1: So this one could be a cool, yeah, I don't know. This game is super, lots of good stuff that I like about it. And even so much so that like I can see us playing that with your copy, and I kind of still want to buy it. Sure. I, I can't see myself wanting to buy panic Legacy 1 or 2.
0: Right. Cuz you you know I it's, it's a it. long I did journey. Satisfying. I mean, yeah. you could get three other players and do another Eon's end like maybe yeah. you kind of know the spoilers and that's a little different but with a different group, you know. But
1: the game the game is uh so maybe it's also just my place in time here is that sure. we've been playing a lot of long games, long form mm. games, things and and this is a an hour long game And it literally says on the box an hour long game and most of those box don't hold up they're like it's actually two hours i mean this was about an hour
0: it might be that like something in it gets more stressful more decisiony as you move into the other chapters but like the
1: mechanics make sense we
0: played it for the first time reading all the rules learning all the mechanics and it still was like an hour and a half
1: yeah right that, that's, that was so good. Yeah. Um, and the, the rules were pretty straightforward. Now, granted, we have deck builder experience, but sure. this had so many different deck builder things to it that you couldn't just take for granted that you discard and, and draw back up Right. you do this thing. Uh, we didn't mention the gates thing, which we don't want to get into the details of spellcasting. Oh, the spellcasting. But, but that's a whole mechanic to mm-hmm. deck with that no other deck building has. No. So you can't just take assumptions that I can just play all my spell cards, play all it's my cards. It's
0: spell. very thematic if you have read or have been exposed in any way to like various magic systems that people make up. Yeah. Um,
1: super, super cool. And I thought that was cool.
0: The big thing that I said last night after we were done playing, uh, you know, we talked about Kickstarter a couple weeks ago and how you said you've never kickstarted a game. Yeah. And we talked about the, um, heroes wanted game that we played at ICG con. I said, it was, it's nice and almost refreshing to get a Kickstarter game that I really enjoyed. Yeah, because I've had so many that are just underwhelming. Sure, a, a lot that are good. Um, I mean, um really Dead Man's, Man's Draw is really good. Mostly
1: by novice designers in general. Sometimes, and if you think about Assassin's yeah. Legacy, they literally already made a game.
0: They already made a game. But they've already proven that it's okay. And I think before I kickstarted it, I looked at some of the like the Board Game Geek release uh, reviews right. and stuff for the original game, and I was like, and they're not okay. making a I'm whole gonna, new idea. A, they're literally taking their I'm already existing
1: successful it. thing into something even just develop from it so yeah that, that's a good solid kickstarter we also on. i would i would love to have that kind of we
0: could also thing. we could also talk about call to Adventure, but you haven't played that yet so mm-hmm. we'll we'll wait until maybe this weekend okay. we'll get a chance for you to play it. i played it with trotsky and other pete and other chris you know, at I cardinal th- game night <laughs> i
1: think i remember seeing this aeons End legacy uh you may- mentioning it back when you bought it or when we were in discussion and, well, I- and it I- arrived
0: I- in the mail like a couple months ago right and like most things i just haven't got a chance to right. play well it. i
1: remember you mentioning it and reading the kickstarter thing and thinking this is a kickstarter i should do it's like 60 bucks it felt like a risk to me uh, but i I'm not kicking myself because I can still buy it. Sure. Which is the funny
0: thing is that it was the contrast with. um, You invested on
1: something sight unseen.
0: Well, sort of. I mean, yes, that's true, and that's the Kickstarter. I can
1: buy that without doing that. Sure.
0: Now you've played it, so you know. Um, I had looked at Hero Realms Ruins of Thandar, which coincidentally I turned up turned out to not really enjoy. Right, right. I did not kickstart that because it seemed expensive mm-hmm. like i looked at the card count, the card count i course. looked at what was involved and i was like okay here's this base game hero realms that's like mm-hmm. star realms but fantasy and here's the campaign the campaign's not available right away so what you get first is a dueling game and i don't really play dueling game mm-hmm. and to get both it was like 70 dollars, and it it's, was and it's just cards like that same amount of cards from ultra pro or not ultra um is it ultra pro that makes le- uh, legend or no, upper deck it's
1: pro something. It's, yeah. I know what you're talking about it's uh, either upper deck or ultra upper pro. Deck. That's it. Upper
0: deck. It's upper deck. It's a company that makes legendary stuff that makes baseball cards. So they have infrastructure to make cards. Same thing with fantasy flight. Like their stuff is a little bit more expensive, but like the base hero realms and um, the runes of Thandar, like that amount of cards from fantasy flight would be 35, $40. Right. And I was like, that's, that's too much to pay sight unseen. And then I looked at this game and it was like boards and mats and parts and things and, and all the right? things. For and I was, like, I was like, I was like, and in both cases, I was like, I like deck building games. I like legacy games. I'm those enough a, li- there, those a little burned out on both of those genres at this point, right. but um, right. that was enough. And it seemed like a val- a better value yeah. for the, for the price, which is part of my consideration because it's a it's a kickstarter thing you can't play test it
1: yeah you know that i mentioned this like where i'm at type thing and i'm literally playing Gloomhaven, which feels like (laughs) an infinity game yeah it's never going to end uh it's like wow which is fun right it's fun but it's like it can be lengthily exhausting we're over a year playing it and this one though i am playing the very first campaign and i see i can get through this I can do this. We can do this. You're in up north and we can probably still finish this over a couple months.
0: Times that I come down. I I had planned on playing it with my my family, but we've still got Pandemic Legacy and Gloomhaven. I'm like, we're going to have, you know, Andrew and David and whoever, like, we'll have games to play for a while. Maybe I'll play this with Bloomington people. And the reset pack, that's
1: cool. They got a reset because I was thinking like, well, you could always buy another one or I would maybe buy another one. But I could also buy a reset pack if I wanted to play it again.
0: It's probably just the stickers and the cards that you put stickers on.
1: Yeah, there's got to be things that like you put stickers on, mm-hmm. just like, take those off and stuff like that.
0: But uh, which
1: is pretty, useless. I mean, not useless, great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, cool, cool game. I'm excited for it. And we did only play that beginning one, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still excited about that. Um,
0: Hopefully, we'll get a chance this weekend to to do another one. We'll couple, see. A it's...
1: things, yeah. We 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 got to work out with people, but yeah,
0: I, I people and schedules. Out craziness so
1: excited cool man we did that another week
0: another we week down another week well next week we'll be back and we'll give you all of our hot takes on episode one of game of thrones season eight season eight I know i'm that's excited going to be, that's going to be excited.
1: huge. we talked like in 30 35 minutes tonight about game of thrones we yeah we're going to talk more
0: it's we're done we're done with the game of thrones we're now on to the song of ice and fire I think We were like two seasons. The big ever. big zombie yeah yeah you're right you're right but, but yeah so that's cool well, thanks for joining us. This has been the Front Porch episode eighty-five. We're we're fifteen away now. I know.
1: That's pretty cool. We're in syndication after that point.
0: I think so. We get picked up by uh, Paramount, CBS. Yes, Paramount CBS there you go. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thanks as always. <laughs> Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks as always to our friends over at Geek Scholars News. Check them out. They talk about movies, and they're great. Uh, if you have questions or comments on the show, if you're playing along with our 2020 movie challenge, you can call us and give us all of your shark knowledge before right. next week when we watch Jaws. We'll give you, Dennis's you can email us frontporchpod at gmail.com. If you go to our website frontporchpodcast.com, we've got show notes over there. I linked the recap for Game of Thrones that I, that I talked about earlier mm-hmm. and both of these uh, board games that we talked about that's at frontporchpodcast.com. A
1: links this week because we were going all over a couple things we were like hey go we'll see oh and uh don't forget the amazing. that William spoilers video yeah
0: I'll, I'll find that and put that up later this week um what else didn't i say i don't have my notes in front of me uh, Podcasts, if you like Podcasts, yeah if you like the show you can subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify overcast all that good stuff thanks as always for joining us and until next time i'm dennis and I'm Michael. for the front porch good night see you next time